right, I call the City Council Law and Legislation meeting to order. Hello, everybody. Clerk, will you please call the roll and establish a quorum? Thank you. Council Member Jennings? Here. Council Member Guetta? Here. Council Member Kaplan? Here. And Chair Valenzuela? Here. May I ask Council Member Kaplan to lead us in the land acknowledgement and Pledge of Allegiance? And please rise. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, the Valley and Plains Miwok, the Pat Patwin Wintun peoples, and the peoples of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. And if we can turn and face the flag and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Councilmember Kaplan. All right, well, my first meeting as chair, we would normally also vote on vice chair, so I wanna make sure you all know that that was inadvertently left off the agenda and will be on our agenda in two weeks. So thank you, Madam Clerk, for <laughs> that assist, and we will get that taken care of at our next meeting. Um, so starting off with the consent calendar, I know I have a couple questions on item two, but I'd like to open it up if anybody else has questions on the consent calendar is it okay uh, that I generally uh, abstain from consent because I was not elected at the time that is absolutely okay thank you all right so on item two for the log I was hoping for an update on our cannabis items I know we have several pending items and also a couple of new members we covered a lot of ground last year so I'm really hopeful we can agendize an update from staff so Councilmember Jennings and Councilmember Kaplan can catch up where me and the vice mayor are well versed in all things cannabis in the town and we have a request from our public health experts to get a presentation specifically on impacts to young people and potential mitigation measures that's been outstanding as well so um, Consuelo I hope we can follow up with staff to get that on the agenda hopefully at our next meeting but at least in the very near future and with that I'll take a motion on the consent calendar um, I'll move that um, uh, madam chair I also did have wanted to uh, at least also suggest I think we do have an item on the log on education on uh, education outreach and resources for cannabis and if I recall, we were actually voting on, voted on some of that, and we're voting on that again. So uh, if staff thinks it's prudent at this moment to pull that off the log and narrow the log, I think we're moving forward on that item. Yep. So I'll make my motion with giving staff the liberty to see if we've uh, accomplished that. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Do I have a second? Well, I, I actually want to abstain from it because I was not here for that meeting. Oh, yeah, good so point. I want to abstain from it, but I also want to make a comment on item number two sure. as it relates to uh, the negative impact between <clears throat> cannabis and alcohol. And I just want to know um, what studies we have that can give us a better idea in education while we're voting on such an important subject as to the uh, negative impacts of cannabis versus alcohol uh, and, and just understand that a little bit better. 
Absolutely, and that's a great question from some Virginians, and I know some of that we might have, and some of it, Davina, I know we had a lot of discussions, and I remember talking about potential intersections, especially under the topic of consumption lounges, and so maybe we can bring some of that back. So to be specific, the various stages of the impact of alcohol versus cannabis. Okay. Is that, if, if I might, is that like personal health impact in the community? Personal health. Personal, personal health. health, got yes. it. Consumption. All right. Thank you, Council Member. We'll make sure to get back with Davina and her team on the Office of Cannabis Management and get that brought back to Council so we can start digesting that here at the committee because it is quite a bit of content, um, Council Member Kaplan and Council Member Jennings, that we've covered in this committee, and I'd like you all to help get up to speed so you know what's coming before we start voting on things. Um, all right, um, so we have a motion on the consent calendar. I will second. Yeah, and Chair, I do need um, three votes in order to pass the consent calendar. Okay. So we would need one member to not consent. Could we potentially, with Council Member Jennings, I, since you were technically I, elected? I have full confidence in this committee, and I will, <laughs> I will give you a positive vote. Uh, on the uh, consent calendar. I appreciate that, Council Member. Thank you. All right, Mindy, please call the roll. Yes, so just for showing the example. Are we removing the minutes to vote on separately so I can still vote on the consent calendar? Uh, we can do that, yeah. I thought you wanted to abstain from the whole consent calendar, but no, that I'm, makes sense. I'm, I'm okay with the log and the other stuff, so if we could just move okay, great. separately. So we'll do item one by roll call and item two by acclamation. Okay, you can do that. Yeah. Can you I will. Um, so the Law and Legislation Committee meeting minutes, item number one, Councilmember Gatta? Aye. Councilmember Jennings? Aye. Councilmember Kaplan? Abstain. And Chair Valenzuela? Yes. And now for item number two, all those in favor, please signify by saying yes or aye. 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 And yes. any abstentions or no's? All right, that passes unanimously. Great. So moving on to our discussion calendar, we have one item today, the Planning and Zoning Work Program. I see Greg, our amazing planning director, coming up to the podium, so I'll let him take it away. Good afternoon, Chair Valenzuela, members of the Law and Legislation Committee, and, and welcome to the new members. I look forward to working with you in your new capacity. Um, so this afternoon, um, we're requesting that the Law and Legislation forward our recommendation to council to approve the 2023 planning and, and zoning work program. Um, this is a third time we've done this and it's an annual look at what we plan to do in the next calendar year. I think it's also a good opportunity just for um, the Planning Design Commission, Law and Legislation Committee, council just to look at um, how we're trying to prioritize uh, these various policy initiatives. So. Um, as far as the presentation overview, uh, it's broken up in three parts, providing background on the process of developing this work program, um, what we've accomplished in 2022, and some of the highlights for what we're gonna be working on this year. So in a normal process, we present the initial draft work program to the Planning and Design Commission in September, and then we come back in October or November um, addressing any comments or questions they have, and then they vote to for the, the program on to council. Then law and legislation usually reviews the work program in December, and then council approves the, the program in January. So um, due to some pretty busy commission agendas, um, we weren't able to get this program to law and ledge um, by December, and of course with election and all that. So. 
Um, here we are in, in February, and we hope to take this uh, program to council in perhaps at the end of the month or early March. So as far as um, some of the things we accomplished in 2022, we launched the Community Ambassador Program, which helps to um, provide language and cultural um, uh, fluency, in a sense, and, and outreach to hard-to-reach groups. Um, this has been a really successful program, and we're looking to expand it. We received the state's pro-housing designation last year, early last year, um, with the highest score of any city in the state. Um, graduated the 20th class of the Planning Academy. Um, we put out the preliminary public review draft climate action plan. Um, had the community working draft for the Stockton Boulevard plan. Got a lot of good input there. Had a city council workshop on carbon neutrality to talk about our current efforts in addressing climate change and what we plan on doing. Um, also, uh, this fall we launched the ADU Resource Center, kind of one-stop shop for someone who wants to look to, to build an ADU. Also launched the Housing Development Toolkit, particularly for property owners of vacant parcels so they can see how they can go about potentially developing housing on their land. Um, in October, we we released the preliminary public review um, climate adaptation section of our climate action adaptation plan. And we've received comments we're working on responding to. Uh, our new building electrification ordinance was adopted at the end of the year, a key implementation action for our, our climate action plan, as well as alternative water systems, a dual plumbing ordinance. Um, and then we were able to finish up our permit-ready ADU plans at the end of the year, and they are now available for people to, to use. Um, some of the things, other, some projects that we initiated is the existing building electrification strategy, the companion effort to the new building electrification, um, and I'll talk more about that soon. Our neighborhood development action team um, moved forward with the Marysville and Del Paso Boulevard action plan. Um, we launched our missing middle housing study to look at how we can incorporate a greater variety of housing types and single family zones, um, create more housing opportunities, and then also we've launched a review of the mixed income housing ordinance, which we're currently working on. So what we didn't anticipate in 2022, um, the urban agriculture incentive zone, which we were able to get adopted, and that's, that program is back in place. Um, Green Means Go grant applications to help support infill development. We uh, collaborated with on a variety of um, applications, and SACOG should be giving us some input on um, those, whether we will be getting some of those grants soon. And then also we um, developed an initial planning framework for um, the 102-acre Meadowview city-owned site, which we uh, now have consultants on board, and we're working on that. So some of the... Um, on the housing and I mean the planning and zoning work program, how it's organized, uh, we try to arrange it in priority if it's state or federally mandated or council, commission directed, city policy. If it's something just programmatically, some of our policy staff has to work on um, just ongoing annual things we do. If we have an opportunity we can't refuse in terms of a grant um, funded work. Um, that certainly moves up in the priority. And then, of course, staff initiated as we identify things that we feel like need to be changed, we, we bring them forward. Um, and so in total, there's 32 initiatives. I'm not going to go through all 32 with you, but um, it's implemented by 15 full-time staff and 
this is not what the whole planning division is doing, but more so the, the, the policies and initiatives we, we'd like to work on. So um, first off, of course, the 2040 general plan update, key priority to get this, this uh, plan adopted um, by the end of the year. It is a massive effort with climate policy, new environmental justice elements, land use mobility, 10 new community plans, master environmental impact report. Um, and there's a lot of other planning efforts waiting for the general plan to be adopted so they can move forward. So um, we're really moving to get this done. We have a public review draft we hope to release in April um, with council hearing in winter of 2023. Mixed income housing ordinance review, um, key housing element implementation program, looking at how effective our current uh, mixed income housing ordinance is, looking at a variety of options and determining the economic feasibility impact of higher fees or acquired percentage of affordable housing. We are wrapping up some of our initial analysis now and um, we'll be beginning more outreach um, in the winter and spring of this year. Existing building electrification strategy, key component to move forward with electrification in an equitable manner, so we're not leaving anybody behind looking at a just transition also, also with workforce. We have a consultant study looking at the cost feasibility um, of how to do that, uh, quite a bit of community engagement, and then we'll be rolling out our strategic framework um, in the next couple of months on this with adoption of the strategy anticipated in the spring. Missing middle housing study, um, I've done a fair amount of neighborhood level outreach and engagement We've got an economic feasibility displacement risk analysis completed, and now we're looking at um, what changes to our zoning and design standards need to happen. Um, we plan on having this adopted right around when the general plan is adopted or shortly after um, to implement uh, this policy. Um, updates to our parking, vehicle and bike parking code, looking at Eliminating city-mandated parking minimums, um, looking at appropriate parking maximums so we're not over-parking on our land, um, but also doing this in coordination with parking management and transportation demand management with our friends in Public Works. Um, we just got uh, received today two proposals, um, consultant proposals that we'll be going through, and so we'll get going on that shortly. Um, Stockton Boulevard specific plan. Uh, we plan on having the public review draft plan out in the spring, um, and we're looking, again, this is one of those plans that um, largely depend on the 2040 general plan being adopted, so um, adoption shortly after the 2040 general plan. River District-specific plan, we will be releasing, releasing RFP for consultant work in the winter, um, and it's a... Just a lot has gone on in the last past 10 years, the amount of activity, development, um, and so we're looking at updating the circulation plan for this and um, really looking at how we, what, what else we need to anticipate with all the growth occurring in this area. Um, other initiatives with the Neighborhood Development Action um, Team was implementing in the West Broadway specific plan, continuing to work with the community and education and training, looking at language justice and implementation grants um, after plans are adopted, but also before them so people, the community can see 
um, action that we're, we're contemplating as we're developing the plan. Um, one such plan also is Marysville Del Paso Boulevard. Um, we hope to have uh, the draft action plan available um, shortly this year um, with implementation throughout 2023. The city's own 102 acre site. We are going to be developing land use scenarios for the site with looking at infrastructure, environmental constraints, um, and anticipate having a council workshop um, later in the spring with our findings from that analysis to help get council direction on um, the land use uh, we should be moving forward with planning for um, so we can get going on that site. Planning Academy, uh, we just heard that we received 130 applications, so that'll get going shortly with a new class. Um, cannabis Code Amendments, uh, we had a workshop with the Planning Design Commission to give them an overview of council direction, some of the findings from the study, and um, as Chair Valenzuela mentioned we'll be having an update on um, how we're moving forward uh, shortly in collaboration with the Office of Cannabis Management. Um, digital kiosk research, um, as well as this ordinance amendments pertaining to, to digital signs, our consultant is wrapping up their analysis right now and we are developing a community engagement strategy so we can move forward, get community feedback and come back to the committee for the report back and some recommendations. North Sacramento, land use considerations. Um, it's part of ongoing work and also I, I have supplemental material that I added to, um, it was an oversight, I, I didn't have this program in the, the work program, but looking at the some of the unique challenges, land use uh, conflicts in some cases with industrial and residential land um, and coming forward with some zoning recommendations this year on how to um, just uh, be mindful of social equity or environmental justice issues in North Sacramento. Um, some of the feedback we got from the Planning and Design Commission is um, their desire to have more small business assistance, how we can work more procedurally um, in building and the like to, to help get small businesses uh, through the process. Um, looking at establishing, they would like to see more cultural districts established, and I think that's kind of, could be part of the policy conversation with the 2040 general plan. Um, clarifications on the process, community outreach on planning the 102 acre city owned site. And then um, the commission is, is particularly interested in the parking code update, being mindful of areas that um, don't have access to uh, easy access to transit, bike, and pedestrian facilities um, when we're looking at eliminating parking minimums. And just some, some things to, to consider um, when reviewing the work program. Really happy we have increased staff capacity. Last year was a tumultuous year. We had a lot of transition in staff. But um, so we're working on that, developing our project managers to be effective in moving stuff forward. Um, the increased urgency of climate and housing policy with our 2040 general plan out um, for public review. Certainly the committee can consider what policy changes you'd like to see in any future initiatives beyond 2023. Um, 
So that would be a great opportunity um, coming up soon. And um, that really concludes my presentation. I'm available for questions. Again, we're recommending that the committee forward our, our, our work program on to council. And I do have the work program if you want to reference it. I can put it up on the screen. Well, thank you very much, Greg. That was a thorough presentation. I know I have some questions and comments, but I see Vice Mayor Guerra has his hand raised, so we'll let him go first. Go ahead. Any comments from the public? Oh. Yeah, are there any public comments? I have no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on this item. All right, thank you, Mindy. Go ahead, Eric. Thank you very much. Uh, first, you know, I want to thank our staff. I mean, it, I, I think one important thing to highlight immediately is how much we're actually working on. I mean, there, there's a lot out there. Uh, everything from housing, uh, making sure that we're looking at our future master planning. We have the general plan coming up. Obviously, the blueprint process at the at the you know, SACOG level is uh, is uh, important in in this uh, as we just, we kind of set the tone, I think for for the region um, and uh, uh, and some particular items that obviously are close to me in District Six, which is the Stockton Boulevard master plan. Obviously, we're not waiting till the master plan is done. We're working on doing the improvements, but having the specific plan uh, uh, done will help us uh, expedite and move faster in some of, the, some of the challenges we face there. But I am concerned about uh, the timing of, of the work with the consultants. I mean, you know, my understanding was that that work was supposed to be done already by this point, and now we're looking at not getting the work from, uh, work back from the consultants that we've uh, hired until uh, the end of the year. To winter of this year and so you know that that means that delays us till next year and if we're trying to get the Stockton Boulevard EIFD done which is going to rely on the environmental documents now we're we're delaying even further uh, future potential ability to uh, use future tax increment for some of these projects so that that kind of again sets us even further back so I guess my my, my question uh, here because I, I have the, the concern also with the digital kiosks, we went out and used this, these consultants to give us feedback and give us direction and being able to consolidate this information. Uh, again, that, that's almost been three and a half years, four years, and I understand it went from one department to the next, and then we said, then the, the suggestion to, to this body was let's get a consultant to bring this back, but yet the consultant has kind of dragged it out even further. So, uh, you know, uh, I wanna, wanna make a point here because uh, in 2017, when we were talking about supporting a f further, uh, a, you know, uh, further funding in the Department of Economic Development, was to try to, you know, help bolster our departments, help build up our expertise, and I brought up the question of should we even be using, and we're going out to consultants and start hiring and recruiting our own folks after we did the downtown specific plan, so that we have the, uh, the capacity here, because uh, if not, we're we're where, you know, once we get involved in these contracts, uh, you know, we're kind of, we're almost uh, held at the whim of when they get that product back. So uh, I'm concerned about the, where we've been on that delay and, uh, and using, you know, these external consultants. And I get that we get an ebb and flow on, on when we need the, that particular service, which is why, you know, many times we haven't hired prof professional staff. But um, what I see from the work plan <clears throat> is uh, an ongoing demand for that type of work, an ongoing need for that level of expertise. Uh, and so uh, maybe in, maybe if you can respond a little bit to, to those concerns, and also if not, at least bring back to the city manager 
the the concern about you know what are what are we doing to oversee the the, uh, the work product of these consultants to make sure that they're meeting their timely targets when we're trying to get actually good work done. So, um, I, and I, again, I, I I commend the staff because you guys have a very small but mighty team that's doing this work, but it almost seems to me that uh, there there's there's a little gap there that's affecting our ability to kind of move through some of these products and these these uh, action items that we've had on the log for a while. Yeah. Um, well, with the Stockton Boulevard specific plan, our consultants at this point have have delivered and we're ready to put out the public review draft plan shortly. The issue is its adoption. Um, the, if we were to have move forward with the Stockton Boulevard plan before the 2040 general plan, we'd probably have to do some general plan amendments because the amount of development we're assuming for that corridor exceeds what the current general plan accommodates. Also, um, the environmental review, we would have to redo that. The assumption is we were gonna use the general plan's master EIR, all the cumulative analysis, to use, tear off of, and move forward with. The general plan has taken longer than anticipated um, for a variety of reasons. Um, inside, just its sheer complexity, all the things, all the iterations between staff, consultant, back and forth to get the, the product done. I will note in 2009 when we updated, comprehensive, comprehensively updated, the general plan, it took us about four to five years to do it. And also, we were pretty singularly focused on that update. These days, we're implementing the climate action plan now. And we have, in, in our desire to, to move forward and implement immediately, it, it does pull away a lot of management resources that would might otherwise be working on the general plan update. So it's frustrating, the pace, but I think it's, it's the challenge is, is is how to move forward, and I, I just can't wait to get this general plan adopted. So, and uh, understood on that aspect, you know. But uh, I do, I am a little, con I still concerned about, you know, how, where, because even if we were able to get some of that work uh, concluded beforehand, that would inform some of the other work we're trying to do with the land use uh, in those areas. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, so what I, what I, not, not to uh, alter the work plan, but I'd like to just have staff think about, you know, okay, then when we're looking at Franklin Boulevard, right, you know, when we're looking at Del Paso Boulevard, those other corridors that w are likely going to be um, similar in scope, you know, how, how, how do we make sure that we can move much faster given the information we've got done here. That was the, uh, the Stockton Boulevard plan was supposed to be kind of be a kind of a test uh, guinea pig on, yeah. on on how we can look at some of these other uh, uh, aging corridor targets. So, uh, you know, all, all to say is I, I, under, I understand your frustration. You, know, I, I, you can probably see my frustration as well uh, because I think we need to move through that. Uh, that's that's all I have uh, right now at the moment, uh, Madam uh, Chair. I will be glad to uh, uh, move the item when appropriate. I know you have questions, and I don't know if that requires altering the plan. Um, the I guess one one last question: Do we? What's our timing on the digital kiosk item so that we can just kind of get that off the plan? I know it's medium on the priority, but it's been sitting there for now three and a half years, going on on four. Do we need to? change that to a high priority so high priority so we can get it off the books or uh, or or are, do you see it in its current categorization it's going to get done um, I'll, 
look to Kevin in terms of the uh, the uh, the done date, so to speak. Perhaps you can give a quick update on on the process. <clears throat> Afternoon, committee. Uh, Councilmember Guerra, uh, Kevin Collins, the zoning administrator. I supervise the zoning administration section, which includes two planners, uh, which are tasked with the kiosk item. It's actually in your log. Um, there's an updated status there. So March 7, we have slated a work um, a presentation to you on the report and our community engagement, which we are, as Greg mentioned, formalizing our strategy. We have um, groups, people to outreach to, and syncing up with our engagement staff. So that's that's the current schedule. I have a draft report in my inbox if that helps raise your confidence. That's good. <laughs> that's good. No, that is that that's that's much faster, much that's in a better situation than we've ever been with this particular item. So uh, thank you. Appreciate that, Madam. Madam Chair, that's all that's all I have. Excellent. All right. Councilmember Kaplan, go ahead. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I really appreciate, Greg, all the work that has been put into this. And uh, as I was texting my staff earlier, I guess we have a couple more policy binders um, we, need to, we need to put together. Um, but in looking at this in the workload, um, you know, I'm a fresh set of eyes and it looks, for me, it's not easy to align, but I also see several things that one kind of relates to the other especially as we look at like with our general plan, it goes into, you know, Sacramento got the pro housing designation. And that goes into how we're looking at our mixed income housing ordinance and our citywide rezoning and how do we um, do the missing middle and how do we streamline our zoning. So I don't know if there's a way to look at this work plan and maybe reshuffle so that items that kind of go together are aligned or if you just want to do it by high, medium, low. But I can tell you I am looking at one and then I'm finding another one that's connected to it and another. And I think it would be beneficial for those that look at the work that we're doing and how we're doing it. It's easier to tell the story of what Sacramento is working on because the number one thing we have to look at really is housing. And how are we meeting up to the standards we put in in getting the pro-housing designation? Because it really is we need to streamline and how do we get more housing out there and how do we help? Because that also goes to our unhoused and everything that we're looking at as the city council. So, you know, for me, I don't know what that, that reorganization looks like because you guys live with this every day. But as I'm looking at it, you know, for me, the zoning overlay is really huge and how we streamline that. But that goes into the general plan, but it also goes into the North Sacramento area of how we relook at the industrial uses. So um, they all kind of go together. And I would just like to be able to identify and group how how we're looking at things so that we don't miss something because housing is so important and I think it all kind of falls under that we can do a lot of this in the general plan um, update so that we're hitting our marks but it also may identify gaps that ordinances or other things um, need to be put into place where it may streamline based off of one study over here may relate to the general plan over here and um, I'm worried we might miss something. Apparently, yeah. Um, and so uh, two requests from me that we look at things um, that are already underway, but uh, as a little tickler, on the permitting requirements for special needs housing, um, we know we need Title 17 updates. 
Um, it also goes along with uh, the city council before us is going to look at an appeal under Title 17 with zoning as it relates to some gaps in cannabis and, and sensitive areas. So are there things while we're looking at Title 17 updates can also um, clarify some of the gaps that have been identified in, in, in the appeal for, for zoning? Well, we can certainly look at any type of improvements um, for that situation um, with, with in, in that case with, the, with cannabis and sensitive uses. Um, some of these, these efforts do have to be handled separately. Annually, we try and do a, a bundle, as we call it, of technical improvements, um, kind of uh, non-controversial changes um, to the zoning code, and so it's kind of like a, a big collection of little changes everywhere. Um, things like the mixed income housing ordinance would be a separate ordinance, Title 17. Um, some of those uh, things we're looking at in terms of special needs housing are required by state law. We have to do it, so that would be put in the bundle. Other things are more of a policy decision to kind of, for us to lead on, okay. on, on certain types of housing that We'll probably have to do more outreach and check in with the community because it's not something just that the state's requiring us to do. It's something we want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we'd certainly like to, to batch for the sake of efficiency, but sometimes we have to pull something out separately um, in light of the just the potential sensitivities and stakeholder outreach required. Which I totally appreciate and, you know, kind of as we go through that, I think, you know, as I'm new, um, I also remember what it's like sitting in the public and listening and not knowing the, the why. So um, as we do some of that, just being able to explain why we can or we can't, um, I think is really helpful and also increases our, our transparency. Um, and then one of the other things, um, I don't know how this would fit in, but I would like this policy discussion as we're looking at, because we have a climate action plan um, and we have done, you know, electrification of our buildings. The state building code uh, update just went into effect. And one of the things it has in it is for uh, new non-residential sites to have at least um, two EV charging stations per certain amount. Um, I know this is going beyond uh, the building code update, but considering uh, one in every five vehicle purchase in California is electric vehicles. We're looking at climate goals and the biggest barrier after purchasing the vehicle is finding a charging station. And so I want to, if we can, have the discussion of not only non-residential, but every new multifamily planning unit submitted to the city have uh, a requirement for having EV charging stations uh, as well. Because that's something I'm gonna be pushing in my district with every new development coming, even though it's not required. But um, we are a leader here in California and Sacramento, uh, this is the easiest way to start addressing uh, our climate goals uh, and needs. So I'd like to see, uh, along with non-residential commercial hotel spaces, but multifamily units requirements to have the EV station, charging stations as well. Two years back, we, we updated our EV charging requirements to go beyond the building code, and then the building code was updated that, that matched up or I think exceeded. Um, so, um, we can certainly look at that. Um, I think it's, it's just identifying whether it's 
it's building staff that does that or um, the appropriate resources for basically a, a technical update you know some people may not like it but it's time to get with the times and this matches our what the council has already approved on their climate action goal of that big multifamily unit you know apartments need to have EV charging stations whether they provide it free or or charge you know um, but at least the what is it the level two EV charging um, to make it available that that should be uh, mandated when plans come in in order to approve a new development. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's at the discretion of the committee to, to add that to the work program or if it's just on the, on the log, so. Yeah, I think, I mean, updating the EV charging plan feels, like you say, very aligned. I don't think that, I know Council Mayor, Vice Mayor Garris, I keep wanting, I almost called you every other term except for the, your new title. <laughs> the Council Member, Mayor Pro Tem, Vice Mayor, I went through the whole list. Um, Vice Mayor Guerra has been really vocal about that in his role on the Air Board, and so yeah, I think we could definitely, I don't think there'd be any objection to adding that to uh, our motion uh, here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll include that in the, okay. in the uh, motion. And I, for some reason, I thought it was part of our um, electrification. The existing building strategy, yeah, yeah but not. I, thought, I was looking for it. I thought I saw But it. not new. Yeah. The, the, the trick is, I already asked planning um, in the Natomas area. It's not required for new. Yeah. Let's, let's add that to the log and, you know, with the discretion on what the. Obviously, we don't know what the hours on in the work plan is, but uh, updated as it comes to council for the hours yep. and priorities. Yep. And I'm happy to update and draft that and hand it to staff if it makes it easier. <laughs> Thank you, Councilmember Kaplan. Was that all your comments for now? Yep, that's okay. it. Councilmember Jennings. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've got an easy one for you, Greg. Um, this is related to anything uh, with density and parking. And it's just because I need to understand, based on the different districts that we serve, um, does it have any uh, any parking that would impact neighborhood character? And I just need to, at some point in time, sit down with you with my staff and go through um, the two things I wrote down, the revisions to the vehicle and bicycle parking requirements, and also the um, planning and design uh, comments uh, with the parking code update where they don't have easy access to transit. So those are the two things that I kind of, when you gave me those 15 things that you guys are working on um, that I wrote down, um, you know, great job on all that you're doing. Uh, know that you probably have some, need more staff in order to be able to get it all done, but I just want to get a briefing on anything that relates to density slash parking that may impact character of a neighborhood. Absolutely, we can provide that briefing. Also, state law was updated recently where um, we cannot require minimum parking within a half mile of light rail or high frequency transit. We have a map of that now we just developed, so we could share that with you too. Great, so we'll make some time, contact my office and we'll make that happen. Thank you, council member. Yeah, I know we talked about um, parking policies, because I like to joke that the central city was sort of ground zero for this new test of what does it look like to reduce parking requirements. And it's definitely the need for complementary policies like residential parking permit programs or different ideas to mitigate any potential impacts is very real. Um, otherwise, you're going to end up on the phone with Matt Ironman a lot, um, <laughs> our parking manager, to solve issues as new buildings open and challenges for the nearby businesses. 
arise. So definitely hope that in the context of all of the plans in our general plan, we've got the ADU requirements and the low income. I mean, there's so many changes. How do we layer in some of these lessons we've started to learn already in other parts of our city to make sure that we don't create a, a issue that needs to be fixed later for sure. Um, I had a quick question on, well, first I'll go back to the point on cannabis because I kind of glossed over all the different aspects of this. So you mentioned like technical zoning and policy changes. So there's a, so for the new council members to the committee, there was a set of just like technical changes that like core recipients and others have been kind of waiting on that are very procedural in nature. Then there was a broader equity study that's ongoing. So we had a study we did on just, the, and if you haven't read the EPS study, please do, it's very thorough and amazing. Um, so that informed the technical changes. Then we have an equity study we're doing now that's not done yet. So there's a whole nother set of questions on how do we promote equity in the market. There were questions on consumption lounges, which would potentially be a new concept, which then dovetailed into the request for a public health discussion to make sure we really understood and mitigated the impacts potentially and weighed that with our decisions on these programs as they change. And then finally, there was the discussion about taxation because cannabis is still in uh, legal no man's land, for lack of a better way to say it, at the federal and state level. They're taxed at levels that are above and beyond what any other business would be taxed at in our community. They can't write things off like, like payroll expenses. So we wanted to have a conversation that we didn't get to before Chair Chenier left about potentially looking at the taxation rate and how do we make sure that our businesses can be sustainable. Um, there's this really great employment study as well that maybe we should send around that the industry did that really shows the diversity in the sector and who's working here. And it, it was really incredible. So I think there's, just to give you the full depth and breadth, Greg touched on one piece of it, which is the zoning changes and the buffer zones, which we do need to talk about. But um, there's a whole litany of things here that I think I'm really looking forward to everybody giving input on and direction to staff, because there's a lot left on the table last year that folks are eager to move forward. And now that you're a member of this committee, you're gonna get lots of questions about that. So now you know, <laughs> they joked with me that this was the cannabis committee and um, they weren't lying, right? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I had a quick question, Greg, about just the West Broadway specific plan implementation that you had on the list. I wasn't sure what that entails. Um, I know that was adopted right before I came into office two years ago, but I hadn't heard anything since then. So could you give me a little overview on what that is that just, are there zoning updates coming? Are there specific projects in mind for that? More programmatic. Um, some of the implementation programs that came out of the community um, regarding after school care and um, opportunities and the like. But uh, I don't know, Nat, if you are aware of what some of the things Elizabeth's been doing in terms of West Broadway specific plans. I also ask, as you know, we just did the funding plan for um, programming in and around Leotada Floyd Elementary. So I want to make sure that we're synced up if there's something else going on here. Could you go to the mic, Matt, please? Well, oh, Long range you. planning manager. Thank you. So uh, a lot of these initiatives are under uh, my group. So, you know, we, in terms of bringing forward specific plans, including the West Broadway specific plan, we want to really make sure that implementation and action is really a big part of that. And you've seen a, a slight pivot in these most recent efforts with the Stockton Boulevard plan, Marysville, the Paso. It's really focused on working with the community early and often to implement low hanging actions, but also help identify funding to, to implement the plan. And so we got this grant program set up. Um, so we want to make sure that uh, we also pay attention to the other specific plans with actions that we've identified to move forward. So we're really trying to look back uh, and, and work with the community to move those, those things forward. So I don't have a specific ones to mention today, but it's really just taking another look at that and prioritizing some of those key actions. 
Awesome. Well, we'd love to work with you on that. And um, we're working with parks, for example, to build a new park in the area. So there's been a lot that we're working on in that community and excited to see it getting continued attention. Um, well, Greg and Matt and Kevin and team, as usual, um, really impressive work. I still don't totally know how you do all of this with your current staff. Um, and I know we're about to probably throw several items on your to-do list as we start having housing workshops and other things coming to council, but really want to applaud you. It's always a pleasure to work with your team and the engagement you're doing on some of these programs as we've heard nothing but, I know I've heard nothing but good things um, from your team. So really want to applaud all the work you all are doing. And um, with that, we'll entertain a motion. I'd love for the motion to maybe include the EV car item as part of the work plan this year. Is that if that's acceptable to the committee. Uh, I thought that was the, uh, I think we were looking for a second on the change in that motion. Okay. Yeah. Change. Yeah. Okay, okay, thank you. Um, all right, so Vice Mayor moves and Councilman Kaufman seconds, if you could please. I guess we all probably, if all, everybody approves, please say yes. Or I, sorry, I say yes, you all say I, that's okay. Whatever means, whatever moves you um, to agree, any abstentions or no's, and that passes unanimously. Um, oh, um, Okay, that's okay. Um, so now we will move along to items, comments on items not on the agenda, and then we'll get to any committee comments or questions. So, Chair, I do have one hand raised to make public comment for matters not on the agenda. Scott Taylor. Uh, yes, hi. Oh, hi. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I just, um, my name's Scott. I'm in uh, District 7, and um, I don't know if it should be part of the general plan or not, but um, as far as new developments, um, like the uh, member Kennedy indicated in terms of um, charging stations, um, I don't know if this should be part of the new development planning as well, but um, I don't know if there should be a study done on tree types and a height limit, um, but then also for old neighborhoods as well too. Um, and I don't know if there's been any discussion about this already, but with the biblical rain that we had and the wind, um, I live in a pocket area and we have these incredibly large coastal redwood trees. Um, and actually two of them went down in our backyard. Luckily they didn't hit our house, they hit our neighbor's house. Um, but I think this is like a real issue. And, um, and I know it's sort of like maybe an ongoing thing for a time consuming project that's gonna take some time uh, to work with uh, staff and um, maybe urban forestry. But I think it goes in line with the, the general plan goals of 2035 in terms of sustainability. Um, we're gonna continue to have these large storm and wind events. Um, and I think there's a huge ripple effect, not only the immediate damage, but insurance cost, cleanup cost, um, and the list goes on and on. So I, I just wanted to make a comment about that in terms of maybe trying to address it now with new developments, but also maybe trying to implement an ordinance with older trees. Um, I think Los Angeles, City of Los Angeles, Antioch and Fresno have height limit for trees. Um, so it's certainly something to consider um, as we move forward. Um, thank you. Excellent, thank you for your comment. I will say that I know there is an urban forestry master plan component coming back as part of this package and I know that has been eagerly awaited. So hope you'll call back in on that item, sir, so you can weigh in on those important points. Um, all right, to the committee members, anybody have questions or comments that you'd like to make off agenda? 
All right, well with that, our first of the year long legislation committee is adjourned. Thank you all so much.